Welcome to the Estate Professionals Mastermind Podcast. This community is about providing value first, and rather than having one interaction, one transaction, and one payday from the work you do, we're here to teach you to build so much more. So welcome everybody to surprise the very last public um, probate mastery group coaching call. Um, I've been out for the better part of 15 months. As you guys know, I lost members of my immediate family and my extended family, including my my dog and many other things. So I appreciate all the people who filled in for me, Bill Gross, David Pinnell, my, my team. Um, but we're, I'm finally on the other side of that. And it's been a valuable experience. Obviously, it wasn't very pleasant. But when I first set out to do my next thing in, in the probate space, that was to build a community. And this became courses with a really, really great community aspect. But I'm really proud to say that officially tomorrow, I guess, we're going to take that to the next level. The reason our public Facebook group and the podcast has always been called a state professional mastermind is I wanted to create a central point for all estate professionals. So real estate investors, real estate brokers, agents, attorneys, CPAs, you name it, to have a, a central point of, of peer support, education, marketing tools, and all that stuff. So um, McKenna can drop a link in the chat right now. Tomorrow, we're going to officially announce to the world the Estate Professionals Mastermind membership. Um, where the, the link that she'll drop, you can see all the details. We've worked really hard and this all came together fast. So you haven't seen me because we've been building feverishly, but essentially what it is is almost $18,000 worth of products that we could try to sell you and upsell you and cross sell you. But I really want to create a single point of, of focus for all of us. And my whole goal in this is to what what I challenged myself with was to create something that you can get at least a hundred thousand dollar annual return in your first year of membership, whether that's through lifestyle return or it's through business income. And you'll understand when you see the entry point to the community is is a course on how I have, you know, what I've learned and what I help coach multi-million dollar entrepreneurs through is how to really build a business on purpose and build that after you've designed your lifestyle. Um, so that's uh, that's what's coming. And you'll see some emails tomorrow. If you guys want, you can go ahead and jump to estateprofessionalsmastermind.com. You can see all of the details. I won't use this entire call for that unless you guys have questions and want me to. For those of you listening on the public channel, such as YouTube or the podcast, we'll continue to support our probate mastery students and group coaching calls on a weekly basis. Same time, same format. It just won't be broadcasted and syndicated to all your competition. We are playing at the highest level we've ever played at. Um, we're doing things like giving you advanced marketing campaigns, giving you 300 probate leads, giving you monthly classes, giving you not only one weekly coaching call, but two. So David Pinnell serves as a great example as a member of this community that started in brokerage, took the challenge and jumped over to cross-trained himself to really be uh, an all-in-one solutions provider. And now what are you doing, Dave? 90% of your revenues from the investment side, right? Yeah, if not all so of it. David is, and Bill's not here today, but you, we're, the whole point of this is to create an environment 
where students can become mentors, mentors can become partners, and everybody owns this. The whole point of this being called the Magnum Opus Project, I wasn't selfishly creating a company. From the very first day I recorded the LLC, it was ours. I just haven't gotten there because of all the setbacks in my personal life and losses. So we're finally getting to that point. Um, and David will be one of the member mentors. He will lead the, the, the bi-weekly real estate investor coaching call. Bill will be a member mentor. He will lead the, the this call. Um, as we progress, I would like to see a lot of you guys step up and be member mentors. Um, right now, we've set a minimum standard for that for a quarter million dollars in, in production revenue or 20 closed transactions. Um, that doesn't mean that you can't participate in the community. You can't teach workshops, bring ideas. But we, we do want to create an environment where we have our best students become our best teachers. And if I have to step out, nobody loses anything. Um, and my intent is to lead from the front and continue adding value. And this is about playing at a different level. This is about the ideas that we use in private coaching calls, but we don't put out there to train your competition. Um, the other thing is, you know, I really believe that a lot of folks find our content because they're looking for probate leads. They think that's the problem. If I just had more leads. And I respectfully disagree to the point that I'm willing to pay for the leads and hand them to you. If you're a new member, if you're just getting started, you get them for free. I paid for them. And for me, it's because I know if, if, if you can experience the peer support and the conversations and the ongoing education, the leads don't matter nearly as much as the way, what you do with them, how you treat these people. So there's a lot of parts to the community. Um, it will take shape very quickly over, over this, this, you know, the next few weeks. Um, but I'm excited to put everything in one place for one price and give more than I've ever given and to be able to do it with students that have become friends of mine. Um, I think this is going to be more fun than we've ever had. I think we'll have a lot of, a lot of the faces on this call will be part of this and be part of the stories. And I, I'm excited to kind of take it to the next level, put everything in one place and, and not have to confuse everyone with all kinds of different courses and products and everything. It's just all in one place. So, um, if anybody has any questions, we can talk about that. Or if you want to jump right into the week, the regular call, we can jump right into that. No hands up. All right. Hi, Chad. Um, thank you for have, allowing me to be on here. I just want to um, say thank you. I understand I am the first scholarship winner. So, um, I am super excited. Um, I apologize for being late, but just got off the phone with my attorney who um, wants the link for the probate mastery course. That's amazing. So, so yes, I want to. Um, sorry, I didn't call you personally. I had I have no been worries. in the background doing. You wouldn't believe how fast paced. Um, I do want to okay. say the the fun part of this story is I put that up that page up. I don't know. I had Cat build that months ago, and it just got buried. It was in the footer. And I was like, guys, we got to pull this front and center. It's got to be on the homepage. We talked about it in a meeting. It didn't get done or it, we parked it. The next day or the day, two days later, you applied. And I'm like, wait, who did somebody finish this? Where did she find it? And you found it. So it's no accident that you did that. And no, I, I, I struggle. I'm honored. Because 
I really struggled. I had to be like Miss Sherlock Holmes because you know what? I would find it and then I'd go do something. I was like, oh my God, where is it? I need to like go, you know, look. But you know what? The power of perseverance, it is there somewhere lost in cyberspace of probate mastery. So I believe everything happens perfectly. And the fact that you found that, like we were on the same wavelength and I'm, I'm honored to, to extend that to you. All I ask is play at a high level and let's have a fun testimony. Let's have a fun video when, when you, when you make this work. Um, we had another lady who found it yesterday, who's just retired from law enforcement and the budget is tight, but she's really like enjoyed being part of our free communities. And she now is ready to get certified and move forward. Um, so if you guys know anyone, if you've met people that, that could use, use a hand, like if, if you'd like to throw a rope down to somebody, we do offer scholarships for the people who are asking for the right reasons and, and are getting into this for the right reasons. So that's the, something that, that I feel really proud to do. And like I said, in your Facebook post, you, if you meet David Pinnell, you'll know that a scholarship might only be worth 600 bucks at face value, but it could be worth a million bucks in the next 12 months. And that's what's super exciting about it. So thank you for being here and having the courage to ask. Um, if you don't ask, you don't GET. So we're happy to have you. Yeah. Um, George asked, are the 25 leads provided monthly screened to include real estate? No, I'm not looking to be in the, in the data business again. Um, as you guys probably know, I co-founded all the leads and I realized how operationally intense it can be. What we've done is we're, we're working with the largest single aggregator of probate data in the country, U.S. probate leads. They have broken the data down to the zip code level for the first time anyone has ever done that. So you can actually pull your leads at the zip code level, the city level, or the county level for the first time ever. We're not going through scrubbing for real estate. If you've ever heard me on that soapbox, the best way to scrub a probate list is with a cell phone. You pick it up, hit the numbers, and talk to humans, and you'll find out the stories. Because of what we teach in our courses, you should be able to monetize every single call with a family. Sometimes that's indirectly by sending them to a CPA and that CPA sends you a high net worth client who has a real estate need. It has nothing to do with probate. But if you have 25 leads, you have 25 opportunities with people. And that's the point I want to drive home. It's it's not about, uh, you know, we I, I did lots of advanced things with probate data. So for me, it's just here. here's 25 opportunities to get started this month. Um, Go have the conversation. It's free lead. So why not trust Chad and say, let me just find some way to help them. Even if I can't list this house, let me see if I can make a game of this. They're free leads. And it's if that gives you the, the courage to go out and, you know, like if, if you can work those 25 a little differently than you have leads you're paying for going to the courthouse to gather, then I feel like I've done my job. So not going to break them down and get too overly complicated. It's a spreadsheet with 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 data in it, and you you can have the systems in place, whatever you're currently using. Um, so, Courtney, of course, you show up when you miss the announcement, man. <laughs> no, I was here. I was here. I just was in my car running. This sounds like exciting, man. I love the community here. I've been meaning to connect with you, man. I've been watching what you're doing. Like you're, you're doing a great job. So you, you took action and you're not, you're not afraid to, I'm, I'm stoked. They're letting you bring cameras into the courthouse. I've never had that privilege. 
That's forgiveness. Like, I'm waiting for someone to say, hey, get that thing out of here. But I, I, slowly but surely, I'm setting up a studio in there almost, man. But appreciate the community. <laughs> You're going to have an office in there. But I do have a question, though. Um, so uh, do you mind if I present to the community a question? Yeah. So uh, Ali literally just left my office. Uh, it's a guardianship uh, case. There really isn't real estate involved in this. But I know that, you know, I'm going to get experience. I'm going to help, you know, referrals, all that great stuff. But she was just so stressed out and said, and um, she needed to get an extension today, which I helped guide her through getting the extension. But she basically handed over the documents to me asking, can I help her straighten this material out? And I don't have that um, expertise. I don't even have the desire to do that, to be quite honest. But I want to help her. So I wanted, who, who do I need to? get this information in front of to help her get the account. I would, guardianship. I would give that one to an elder care attorney. Elder you, care attorney. you don't like that. That's, and this is a good, a good example of, of where you need to step back guys. Like you never yeah, want to put yourself, <laughs> never put yourself in a position where just being helpful can be construed as you establishing a fiduciary, a legal fiduciary relationship as an attorney. In fact, just there's, there's a line you should know where it is, but don't give legal advice. Just hand the file to an elder care attorney and and tell them that they're they're in good hands. I appreciate that. I did tell her that I was going to connect her with a uh, I said guardian, someone with guardianship law, but elder care attorney. But that um yeah, I did try to dissuade her from giving me the the documents, but she that means she just almost was just she was almost sitting here in tears and all. And I, I told her I would follow up with her tomorrow. Let's first get this extension, and she got the extension, but. And I definitely let her know I wasn't giving any legal advice at all, but she was in such a terrible space. But that's exactly what I'll do. For future reference, like if somebody tries to give you sensitive legal documents like that, just play it, play it safe and and say, you know, listen, I'm not your legal professional. So I'm going to ask that you hold on to these um, for privacy reasons. I don't really want to be privy to what's happening because I can't help you as as your, your legal fiduciary. Um, you just, you don't want that stuff in your hands. Cause if something were to go sideways and, and someone misconstrues what you, you know, if, if they take, you know, if they believe you're their legal representation, then right. you could be, they could argue that you were acting as attorney in fact, yeah. and there's a lot of liability that comes with that. So I try not to handle legal documents for them. Um, just the best way to handle it will be, yeah, let, let me connect you with the right guy. Just hold on to these for another day and I'll, I'll have you, I'll have you an appointment set up. Well, let me go run her down. She might be in the parking lot, but no, uh, no, seriously. I'll, I'll yeah. appreciate that. It did feel like, oh, this is not, I mean, I want to be helpful, but this is not, doesn't seem like. So you'll, you'll find lots more of these scenarios when, when, and here's, here's what that says about you, man you've you've built authentic trust with someone who barely knows you like they believe you can actually help them more than anyone so pat yourself on the back for that don't take this as pure criticism like and you're you're going to have more and more of this people will have trouble letting go of you because they'll they'll want you by their side every step of the way through this but sometimes you have to set boundaries anytime it's about legal specific legal questions set a boundary off early all right i appreciate it thanks chad thanks everybody yeah Appreciate it. Cool. Keep up the good work, man. Keep sharing too. I know you're you're inspiring a lot of people. All right. Uh, Don asked if there's a credit for the current student and graduates. Actually, there's not. So 
I'll, I'll, I'll address that. When I set out probate mastery, when I first built the course in 2014, I had a vision of you pay a price, you'd be part of it forever. And what we're doing there is we're not taking anything away from anyone who's ever taken probate mastery. We'll continue to do it. You know, we support the the certification. We've, we're only adding more integrity to that. And you'll have access to everything you've current, you've had access to in the past. Um, rather than what we've tried to do is keep the price of the membership. So at a, at a, an entry level price point. So anyone should be able to afford it and then they can get half off of any courses we produce in the future. I have two on deck for this year. Um, I'm watching market conditions right now before I start creating, uh, well, there's a whole new course already in the membership, the lifestyle and design course I just finished over the weekend. I'm pretty excited about that one because that's what I want to teach more than anything, like how to live your best life. And you get to see all the ways I fell on my face and I, I screwed up building myself golden cages. Um, but I found my way out of the golden cages and live a pretty exciting life. So there's already one new course in there waiting for you. But throughout the course of 23, whenever I see what's happening in the marketplace, whenever I feel confident on where we're at, I see a lot of leading indicators right now. But I believe there's a need for a real estate finance course, starting with the most basic conventional finance products. I've probably put together a hundred deals on the buy side because I understood finance, like general finance better than the agents that I, that, that were letting their clients fall, fall through the cracks and telling them they couldn't buy. But our number one demand in this community has been Chad teaching creative financing and how to do lease with option to purchase sub to wraps owner uh, contracts for deed land contracts, all of those things. I'm going to try to wrap it all into one course that we build on the foundational kind of general real estate finance all the way to the most creative things that we do. Um, the other course is my the way I deal with pre-foreclosures. So I have a very unique approach, like very much like my probate approach to help families avoid foreclosure. The offer is it all hinges around one question. Would you like to stay in the home? Or would you like me to help you stay in the home? Or would you like me to help you start a new chapter? We all know where 99% of those conversations will go, but I'll show you how to build a vertically integrated solution with a team of people, just like we do in probate. What I'm waiting for is to see what the government reaction will be to the defaults that I believe will be coming in the, the third and fourth quarter, I think is probably the time clock on that. So we're going to continue to, to answer your question rather than issuing coupons and selling from our knees. We're just going to we're going to put so much damn value into one community that you can't help but be part of it. Um, Matt had a question about a court appointed appraiser referee. You must be in California, Matt. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Doing good. So yeah, I've got a uh, I've got a probate going on right now, and um, the uh, the value of the house we estimated to be about five hundred thousand dollars and not financeable by a bank um, in any stretch of the imagination for a number of reasons. Um, the we did a uh, we brought in a whole bunch of investors and flippers to take a look at the house. We actually got some offers over 500, approaching 550, but the court appointed referee appraised the house at 690, which is just barely below the, the rehab value, which I estimate to be about 750. 
Um, so this gentleman has uh, asked me to bring a, uh, a contractor bid to show him how much it would cost to remodel this house. So we went ahead and did, um, we got that through one of my good friends who is an investor. And we, um, you know, we ran all the comps to show him the value of the house is going to be somewhere between seven and $800,000 when it's done. Uh, but I've got a meeting with this guy now next week, which is holding up the sale. Um, is there anything else you'd recommend that I do besides run the after rehab value comps, run the pre comps, which I've done, run the, uh, you know, the contractor bid and run this all by him so that he can quickly make a move and allow us to sell this property. This is have, actually, um, and by the way, this is, this is a, the administrator has full authority to sell and the administrator is the sole heir. So there's no, there's, he's just like being a stickler about it. Even the attorney can't figure it out. Why, why is there a referee involved in full authority? I don't know. It, it, it's, it seems like now they're, uh, they're appraising everything out here. So here's what I would do, Matt. I would go to the attorney. Or do you have a you have a line of communication with the probate attorney representing? Your, yeah, I would call him and say, at what point, like, at, like as as their fiduciary, at what point do we sideline the referee? Because obviously he's standing in in between, you know, the, what's in the what's in the, the the estate's best interest. Like, why can't we sideline him? Like, I would first ask the attorney. If if there's some legitimate reason that that he has to ha has to be part of the process, the next thing I would do everything you've mentioned, go do that. Yeah, I think you said you had five investor offers, right? Oh no, we had fourteen. Fourteen. I would go to. Do you know those any of those investors? Like, do you know them well? Like, oh, absolutely. I know half of them. So I would call and I would ask each of them to send me an email justifying their offer. And what that will do is show show him how they're underwriting the the deal, and what they think their real repair costs are. Um, and in addition to having a contractor quote it, have the have the the buyers justify their their valuation and the offer. And I would suggest that the attorney tell him to take a damn seat and do what's in his client's best interest, because this is just unnecessary bureaucracy. Right. If you have if you have full authority, there's no need for this. I, I I've never experienced this before, where when they have full authority, the the referee just usually says, "Well, let's see what it sells for," and then he appraises it at that. Yeah, Chad and so, Matt, this is this is Richard in California. If if it's okay, Chad, I'd like to weigh in on Matt's uh, issue here. Absolutely, thanks, Richard. Yeah. Um, as you guys know, uh, real estate broker, my license uh, in November is going to be 35 years old. Um, the In California, a probate referee is appointed on every probate case, regardless of whether it's full or limited authority under the Independent Administration of Estates Act. But they can't actually prevent a sale with... No, they can't, not with full authority. The, right. the PR can do whatever he wants with the property, can sell it for pennies, he can sell it on terms, he can do whatever at whatever price he wants, as long as the, the other heirs, and this is not an issue that Matt has if he's the sole heir, right. as long as the appropriate notices and, and sign-offs of the heirs, uh, from the heirs to, uh, to dispose of personal or real estate uh, property has been, has been given. What the 
what the PR, what, pardon me, what what the 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 referee's appraisal, absent a reappraisal, which happens in many cases based upon the actual sale or going back with interior pictures, bids for the work, and so forth. Uh, that's used to establish the statutory compensation for the probate attorney and also the statutory compensation for the PR. Gotcha. Okay. So, so uh, the attorney the attorney should be really happy with that valuation. And <laughs> we yeah. should move toward closing, like move toward toward getting it but done. But the, the attorney should be able to pick up the phone and get in this guy's ear um, in my personal opinion, probate referees are are leeches and and incompetence. They they never do an interior inspection. They hardly ever drive by the property, even though they're charging mileage as if they did, um, uh, and they're charging uh, the, uh, the the estate for faxing when they don't fax anything. Anything submitted to the court electronically now. Um, so it's it's a a quirk in the California law that creates opportunities for uh, Bureau, it's a harsh word but for scamming <laughs> See, yeah I was I was trying to be diplomatic Richard just <laughs> I'm, I'm not that diplomatic <laughs> I, um, I, but yeah, I, so, I I told my uh, my PR I said I, I'm picturing this guy like it's a TV show where he's sitting at his desk looking at Redfin and Zillow eating Cheetos and just throwing a number at this house. Yep, that's about it. That's about it. I mean, they got access to the MLS or PropStream or whatever else they might choose to use, but there's no reason why they can't just get a, a Zestimate and go with that. Yeah. There's no standardized process for what they do. No well, I, appreciate your, uh, I, I appreciate your insight about um, you know, the, basically it's going to, it's the attorney's got to give the PR the confidence that they can just move forward. Right? Yeah. Because, um, I, like you said earlier, Chad, I'm not going to put my place myself in the place of the attorney and advise my client on what they can and cannot do with selling their property other than the real estate rules and laws. So I've got to get the attorney to basically, uh, grow a spine and say, let's move forward and close this deal. Yep. And this is a teachable moment for anyone who's doing business in California, um, whether you're here today or listening to this. This is why you don't allow the families to go forward without a valid trust after you've helped them settle the probate, because they're just going to be subject to more bureaucratic BS in the future. It gets worse every day. And as as the economy turns and, and those municipalities need even more money, it'll become more difficult because the more difficult it is, the more billable hours there are. And we've had we have students in in this particular county that are stepping up and taking capital risk to help families, and the the government has created they won't they, they, he's not they're not doing anything wrong but they're creating every obstacle they can because he's competing for those bureaucratic dollars the 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 income that they're making off of this. So just use this as fuel to encourage anyone, any family you help. The next thing to do after closing, that's when that's that's not the end of the relationship. It's not even the middle. It's still the beginning. Get them into a living trust. Turn them into a buyer. Turn them into a private money lender. Show them how to extend a legacy, not spend a legacy. 
But just keep in mind, like, don't let your, you know, these people trusted you to be their clients. Don't let the next generation of their family have to tolerate this. Like take them to an attorney, create a referral, create a relationship and create a circle of transactions. Like after they have an estate plan, then either make them the buyer or the lender to fund your next, your next purchaser. So um, there's a lot of stories like this. California is, is complicated. doesn't seem to be getting any easier. Um, and it's kind of our responsibility to, you know, we help them navigate this one. Why the hell would we let them walk right into another one? All right. Who else? Winston, how you been doing? You were, you were doing really well last time I was on a call with you. Actually, I've been working the attorneys here, Chad, and uh, I've got to catch up on your class, man, and take that thing. I already paid for it. Got to do it. But I've got lunch with a very prominent uh, California certified estate planning and trust attorney tomorrow. Got another one booked for another couple of weeks. I'm finding more success working the attorneys as sources of influence than truly following the leads. That was the whole point. If you guys aren't familiar, I, I'll, I'll own it. Like I have, I've not been real present because of what I've been dealing with in my personal life. But the whole point of creating the earn attorney referrals now course was especially forget for most of you, I've seen your faces for, you know, you're very familiar. You, you've been doing this and you're, you found an effective way to work with the families. What's really exciting. And Winston, I was, I didn't want to call you out. I noticed you hadn't made your course progress, but um, I think Brian Wilson was on here earlier. I saw a comment from him. Like, have you, if you haven't connected with him, if you haven't watched his video and that doesn't motivate you to get out there and, and like, it's only seven hours. Brian took the class in two evenings. And I think, what'd you get, Brian? You had like six listings off of that, that two or three days of effort. Yeah. About, the whole idea is we earn six listings off of two yep. days, two days effort. And I have not done a great job putting it in the forefront, talking about it. I will tell you that I believe it's a better course than probate mastery because it will result in the same amount of deal flow with a hell of a lot less work and less headache and less redundancy. So you, you, you invested in it, go, go extract what, what you paid for. Uh, and I'm, I'll be curious, Winston, if you could let me know, like compared to probate mastery, how do you think they, cause I mean, what we did is we co-teach with attorneys and they, they have full permission to tear me apart. They weren't prepped for the calls. They It was a candid, what do you think? And I mean, they validated most of it, but I put my ass on the line and I'm like, and then all that all happened in a 12 day period from idea to close. So I'm excited about the course. I haven't talked about it enough. I'm excited about people like Brian and, and his results. Brian, what else you got to save to him? How many more listings since then? Well, since then, I've joined two of the um, wealth councils here locally, and you go to these monthly meetings, and you're meeting 50 attorneys, financial planners, et cetera, in one setting, and all you do is you just talk to them. They are astounded at what you're doing. They've never heard of it, and yep. um, then I follow up with emails, and I've probably had 50 individual meetings uh, since the last time you and I talked, Chad. And it's just, uh, it's a great business. So in other words, like abject failure would be a good way to summarize your experience. <laughs> <laughs> the, earn, 
our course, our course completely changed my perspective and it's the people that I want to be talking to anyway. That's awesome, right. man. So Winston, there's your motivation. If you didn't, if, if you didn't get cold chills like me, then you go get in the damn course. <laughs> it, it was, it was designed to be a little bit more fun, a little more innovative. Um, and frankly, I'm just, I was a better teacher. By the time I got to that course, I was, I, I had more experience. So the whole idea was to, to to play, be true to the work less, earn more, do good. And what Brian said is what, what makes me so proud of that because so few people will ever find the courage to go, you know, take a risk in getting to know an attorney. But most of the ones that do, they take a risk and then they go in asking for something. And that's, that's the most ass backwards way to do it. And so we literally just give you the ideas, show you how to execute on them. Um, so Anyways, I'm excited to hear what you think of it after you get in it. And uh, then then we need to talk about your attorney appointments now versus after earn and then what the what the difference was for you. Gordon, how many attorneys have you sat down with so far? Uh, oh, I've maybe four and I've been able to give about three referrals so far. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it's been pretty exciting. I, I heard someone on here. It was a young a young lady said she every Thursday she goes and drops in with some cookies and then follows up on Tuesday. And so my plan is to do it every Friday to drop in on at least three attorneys. Um, but I'm getting a lot of traction out of just being directly with the uh, clerks because they're literally wow. just handing me the lead. I'm sitting in on the cases and they're like, "Hey, and this guy right here can help you." So I'm yep. getting a lot of traction um, just right at the uh, courthouse. The other thing you're going to find in, in having those courthouse relationships, you're likely to get pulled in on divorce transactions. You're likely to be pulled in on Medicaid. Um, once these once government employees and social workers trust you, they like they've never had an opportunity to work with a real estate professional that actually provides this level of service. So it, it'll be interesting. I don't think if Roger Lisi's on here when he was first getting started, like he was paid to be to testify in court as a real estate expert. He got the divorce listings. He got the probate listings. He got the commercial listings. Yep. Um, so <laughs> expect a whole lot more to come from that. Like, That's the, so Harriet, you're putting on a show for the world. Somebody yeah, found a, if I could pop in, it's just a good reminder of everything we need to do with the funnel and to go down to the courthouse and build those relationships and actually put those people in your CRM as well. So you could have a task that's to say, I need to follow up with this person by phone or by visit. Perfect. So there was something, I don't know that I've ever talked about this in, a, in an open coaching forum. I was coaching somebody in, in our Facebook group this week about how to get the assessment lowered on, on a Medicaid home because it, you know, Medicaid wants you to, to list the home. Was that you, Courtney? Yep, that was my property, Mr. Williams lead, yep. So the other the other critical relationship that I've I have at that courthouses is the ability to walk in and have a real human conversation with the tax assessor. And to come in with a, with a CMA or a market absorption analysis or a BPO and say, listen, you know, this lady's going into the nursing home, Medicaid, you know, we, we need Medicaid to pick up the bill, but we can't, at this assessment, this house will never sell. It'll sit here and rack up liens. Like let's, let's lower the assessment so this family can have closure on this and move forward. 
I've done this because of one of the first things I did when I moved to Roanoke was go to the courthouse and I met with the clerks. I met with the assessors and I, I became friends with the assessor. She gave me the data file. Like she gave me back end access to the entire GIS files and everything. And it was just an accident. I'm telling you guys to do it deliberately. I did it on accident. But when I encountered when a, when a, a nursing home called me and said, Hey, this family needs your help. We're going to have to kick him out this evening if we can't get Medicaid to pick up the bill. I had hours to pull together a solution. The house was tax assessed at like 125.9, and it was worth like 14 in my, my professional opinion. It was eaten down by powder post beetles. And like the floors had caved into the center of the house. The refrigerator was probably on a 15 degree angle leaning against the chimney. The, the place just needed, it needed raised in my opinion. There was no way we could ever sell it for that. Um, I was able to, in a day, get the assessment dropped to, I think, 37.5 is where I got the assessment dropped. I put it on the market for that, and we sold it that day. And he didn't get kicked out of a nursing home. Um, had I not built social capital with the tax assessor, with the city social worker, then I, I would. there's no way I could have implemented that that quickly and actually kept him from being kicked out when... And the 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 root cause of, of of his problem was alcoholism. He had lost his parents and just gave up. He just laid drunk for 40 years until he was almost dead. So we didn't need him going back out onto the streets um, in that condition. So we prevented that. And what ended up happening is beautiful ending to this story. Within two months, he was completely dried out, started playing his guitar again picked himself up, showered every morning, got a haircut and moved back home and used his social security income to rehab that house. I would have torn the damn thing down and he built it back. But the opportunity to have a break from his own misery, his own patterns of self-destruction, that literally saved this guy's life. And had I not had those relationships already in queue, I wouldn't have known how the hell to put that solution together. But I learned something very valuable that day. So you guys can learn from that. Have a social worker on speed dial that you can trust. Have the assessor on speed dial. Have the county clerk on speed dial. Because when someone comes to you and says, hey, I know if anyone can help me, you're the person that can, show them they're right. So get in there and, and take some coffee to the assessor too next time you're over there, Courtney. It'll eventually Absolutely. pay off. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, who else? Chad, I'll jump back in again. Richard here. Yeah, my uh, camera's not working. So that's what's not on. Um, I just like to in, tell a short story and encourage everybody to tack on the word trust uh, to probate when they're out talking with people, even casually. Yep. There's a uh, a guy uh, manager of one of the departments in my local uh, supermarket who has been talking about retiring for about a year and a half, almost pulled the plug and backed off of it. And uh, this past week, he and I got to talking again. We've had ongoing conversations. It's sort of like the running joke, uh, when are you going to retire? And, you know, he says, well, I've looked at it and it's just too scary and uh, He's really not quite ready emotionally to do it, maybe not quite financially. Uh, but uh, we never talked about what I do. And I 
talk to him a little bit about his his upcoming Social Security, gave him a tip on uh, on a way to apply and get some more money. And that led to, while I'm having him pull some, some meat out of the case and wrap it for me, he asked me, what do I do? And I said, I'm a real estate broker uh, and I'm certified this way and that way. And I specialize in, in trust and estates. He says, you do trust? My wife and I, we need to trust. Can you help with that? Well, of course not, but I'm referring him to the attorneys that can. And he's real grateful for that. Yeah. Now there's, and you know, I started out almost 10 years ago with a probate mindset. What, what you're saying is good advice. I called my course probate mastery. The reality is anything we've, we've learned in probate mastery directly applies to trust, you know, trust administration. So uh, that's why we're uh, kind of come up out of that niche to, to, you know, really start using the term estate professional. And it's really important to me that attorneys feel invited to this community. Um, I don't think John Fraker's here today, but John and Sylvana and, and Al and Rylas, like they've all, they add a lot of value. So ultimately I want to create a bigger conversation where people feel welcome to come in and talk about trust and to talk about probate, to talk about litigation, administration, and planning. Um, so you guys, you know, any way you can help bring more people into this conversation, it is going to broaden out because what we're, what we've learned can help families in probate by not reaching out and trying to expose ourselves to people who have a trust or should have a trust. We're not, we're not serving at the level we could be. So Richard has sound advice. Like, remember, you're an estate professional, not necessarily just a probate professional. And that's also why you guys have probably heard me coach on how to choose a domain name, how to choose your brand. It's why I recommend you don't buy like, you know, franklinprobate.com when you could buy franklinlifetransitions.com because now we can deal with guardianship, elder care planning, divorce, probate, trust administration, anything that constitutes a life transition for a family. So think of that also in your branding, like in the message you're putting out into your market is, you know, we help with anything in an estate transition. And the word estate is mostly associated with death, but it really, if you ask a planning attorney for them, it's more associated with life. So the, the term estate professional, if you notice our directory is estateprofessional.org, our community is estateprofessionals.com, um, our Facebook group. And that's, that's the reason because of exactly the, the advice he was sharing. We want to come up a little bit so we feel like we can appeal to more people because the skill set doesn't change. We do the same thing to help those, those people. Terry says he moved to Sierra Vista, Arizona. Congrats, Terry. Where where did you go? I saw you here earlier. There you are at the bottom. You're muted. Maybe you don't you don't have a mic. So you know, I'll try to address the question. Terry said. He moved to a new market. He moved to Sierra Vista, Arizona, made a call to the court, found out they are not accustomed to people coming in to research the files. They expect to have a user come in with a desire for info on any single file. Any ideas on how to negotiate this? With love and treats. Um, 
as you heard me say in probate mastery, any courthouse in the country, remember they are public servants, whether they perceive their job as that or not, that's what their job is. So go in and hand out coffee and smiles, find a way to do something valuable for them, surprise them with lunch, surprise them with donuts, coffee, um, anything that you can think of. Like I get that there's cultural differences, but I've carried this West Virginia boy attitude all over the damn world. And I have no trouble making friends in foreign countries. Like I, everyone told me I would be killed in Colombia. Hell, they love me. Like, don't like, as long as you're respectful and as long as you're, you're, you're happy. Like if you've got your energy right and you're going in offering something of value, even if that's just a friendly conversation or a smile, I've never seen anyone truly get blocked. I saw this almost happen in San Jose, California once. And all it took was a hillbilly to get on the phone. And we had the clerk laughing her ass off and she was willing to answer as many questions as we could ask. And I did that as a three-way call with a student just to prove that it wasn't a true obstacle. It was just, they were approaching it where they were very nervous. They were unclear in their intentions. And the clerk was just like, I don't have time for this. And so be clear in your intentions. You know, the way I did it with, with Kim, Kim Simmons was the clerk I first met with. And I was as nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs, but I'm like, I know what I'm going in here for. I'm going in here to come out better. And I went in, I sat down, I said, Kim, I, I've helped the family in probate. I, I know that I want to do more of it, but frankly, I'm an, I'm, I don't, I don't deserve to, like, I need you to sit down and show me like, let's, if, if it's okay with you, let's pretend I'm an executor and walk me through the process. Oh, honey, just sit down right there. Get your piece of candy. And it was, we were off to the races and she saw, you know, what, another thing to keep in mind, Terry, the people who work in public service, typically, even the, even if they've become cynical and hardened, they typically got into that because they have a servant's heart like you do. And if you can, if you can show them that side of themselves and like show them gratitude for what they're doing, it's, it's a thankless job behind, you know, behind the, in the middle of a courthouse and they don't hardly ever get praise. So if you can say, you know, this is pretty amazing that you, you have the patience to sit down with families and go through it at this level. I bet this is rewarding work for you. And then just be quiet and let them talk about themselves and just giving them an opportunity to actually say why they do what they do. And, and those are the kind of things I use with, with public employees, like treat them like humans and give them a voice. Oftentimes they're treated like furniture, you know, it's like, I'll put them over in the corner and they'll, they'll be here for 20 years. But that's my best advice is just just be your best man. Uh, find a way to get them to laugh and tell you stories, tell you how that why they got into that line of work. Um, and just don't take no for an answer. Like if someone in a courthouse says you you can't be in here, you don't have access to this information. Be like, that's interesting. Could you bring the the clerk out here and have them tell me that? Because I, I really like what would like to hear the explanation of how my tax dollars don't qualify me to have access to public records and public employees. And they should change their tune. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, sorry, I had a heck of a time. One thing I shouldn't do with these people is not be able to unmute myself. But yeah, uh, <laughs> that might get a little awkward. They're like, uh, can you get the deputy up here? There's a mime aggravating our staff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I had the sense to not pursue it further on my phone call when, it, when I started hitting obstacles. And I, the end of the call was, well, let me come on down and we can meet and figure out how we can go about this and not be in your way and not cause any, any slowdowns or problems. 
So probably tomorrow I'm going to drive on down there. It, it's it's actually not even local. It's 30, 40 miles away in Bisbee. And so yeah. I'm going down there. And but what you just said just really reoriented my whole mind on how to go about dealing with it. It's not like, well, it, it's public. You got to let me in. No. I like the way you went about it, and I'm going to go just very slow, very gentle, very kind. And this woman sounds really more friendly than some of the clients that I met in California. Or some, not, not clients, some of the clerks who were really just kind of officious and, and going about their business. This one seems like an open person. I think you deal along with her well. But in any case, I'm going to see if I can get along with her well and see how it turns out. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln left us with a lot of good advice. One one piece of that was a man will catch more more flies with honey than gall. Really? And just remember that even even when people are like usually when public employees are being really abrasive and trying to create a, a blockade, they just want to be heard. You could just stop just just calm down your own your own urge to react emotionally and be acu accusatory and just be like Gosh, I, I'm sorry I caught you on the wrong day. It must must be a tough day over there for you, huh? I love that. And then just shut up. And they will usually pour their heart out, just like the PRs. When you get one to call you an ambulance chaser, be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry I caught you today, but I'm damn glad I did. Because it sounds like you might just need to get some stuff off your chest. And a lot of times they'll blow it off. But then they'll bond with you and letting you letting them vent, they're bonding with you. So that's good. I'm glad that that was helpful for you. And come back and tell us what what tricks work best for you. Um, Courtney, what did you open the door with? Coffee, donuts? Well, I just let them know almost verbatim from the uh, course that I am here. I'm trying to help families. So I need to learn as much as I can as any way I could, uh, you know, connect with you. And then the next day I followed up with thank you, donuts. And then, you know, Every occasionally I'll bring in, I have it on my calendar, bring in donuts or bring in cookies every now and then. And um, so it started off with like trying to connect them and thank them for uh, for just the things that they're that they're doing, you know, bring the files to me and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's going to come natural now. You know, I know people's birthdays now. So I've, you know, sent a little $15 Starbucks card to Shanita for, you know, birthday and that stuff does go a long way. So I love Little Caesars Hot and Ready because literally without even having to plan, I can drop in and literally fill the back seat. And the what I like about showing up with a dozen pizzas is it's kind of a profound gesture, right? Like you're coming through the door, like holding the door open with one leg and you have a tower of pizza and you just slide them on the counter and act like nothing ever happened. Be like, hey, guys, just stopped in to look at some record. Oh, by the way, there's some lunch there if you want to. And just freaking walk off and like just just do something so different that they were like, who the hell is this guy? They will never forget you. They will always, <laughs> there will be between their gut and your face will be a permanent neurological connection. And they'll, they'll be helpful every time you come in. I used to do it with Panera bread has those box lunches that stack really easily. And I would literally make a dramatic tower and just like come in fumbling and like, almost like it was a sitcom. And then just be like, oh, yeah, by the way, that's for you guys. I'm going to be in the record room. But do just do stupid things like that. You'd be amazed at how far it will get you. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm bringing little seeds. I'm doing that tomorrow. And it's like you can get a dozen pizzas for like 70 bucks. Like you'll make hundreds of thousands of dollars off of that joke.
That needs to be. So one area of the new membership is called the marketing lab and then the marketing library. The marketing lab is where we take quirky new ideas that someone someone hasn't necessarily proofed out or it hasn't scaled. The library is where the things we know work is, is going to go. So like maybe we'll have some that's that's some of the fun things we'll do in, in a state professionals mastermind. We'll literally bring that down into a campaign where you can like step by step get it. And we might even get a partnership with Little Caesars at this point. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> we'll have a state professional pizza prices. All right. Um, Jada, let's see. I think I missed one before that. Uh, Jillian had a question about uh, your elder mother, I believe. Hey, Chad, how are you? I'm well. How can we help? Thank you for this, you for this great community, first of all. It's amazing. Yeah. Thanks for being part of it. Yeah, I'm new to probate, at least at this this mastery level. Um, I'm just getting to finish up on the earn earn program because I'm trying to get into this niche, and I, I'm just super stoked. It's just awesome. It's awesome. So I had a friend of a friend call me. She has a uh, 85 year old mother that owns a house uh, with a little bit of a mortgage that's left on it, and uh, she just recently suffered a heart attack, and she's recovering. Um, but her health is health is um, failing. She also has a 58 year old daughter that lives in the house, along with her 26 year old daughter that lives in the house. They they just milk off the, the mother. So um, so the daughter was uh, trying to get her mom to sign a a quick claim deed so that when she passes that she could inherit the house and uh, not become homeless. So um, her mother said that she wouldn't do it over my dead body and um, um, she'd rather see the house go to the bank. So I said, you might, I mean, for advice, I was like, you might just want to wait until your mom passes and then we can go down to um, the court and, and, and petition for probate. And um, she has no money. She, she can't afford it. She doesn't have a credit card that she could put that on. So I, I, I'm just looking for different avenues to how I could help her. So you mean the friend of the friend has no money either? Neither of the neither of the two daughters who will be heirs have any money? No. And I found out that there's a, a brother who's disowned the family for 10 years, is an addict, and um, um, he's, he's out of the picture. But I know once an inheritance comes, all of a sudden they come out of the woodwork. So yeah, yeah, you wouldn't believe. Yeah. So is there, a, is there a will? No. Is the lady who had the heart attack, of. is the lady who had the heart attack still competent? Um, uh, almost, almost. Um, yes. Do you have contact with her? She speaks no English. I didn't ask that. Do you have contact <laughs> with her? Uh, no. We'll find you a translator. What I would what I would do in your situation is I would I would sideline both kids. I wouldn't even let them know I was doing this. I would find a way to speak directly to the mother. Okay. And I would say, I, I don't know if you see what's happening in your family, but I sure as hell do. And if, if you want to avoid a calamity, I'm going to ask you to visit the Spanish speaking law firm and I will pay for you to, to set up a will. And I would go go to one of those attorneys that you've already built some social capital with and say, listen, this is consider this part of my philanthropy for the year. 
how much to get a last will and testament for a woman who 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 doesn't need to, to be you know worrying about this and that i would i would pay for it for her just use a business credit card it's a write-off it's a cost of doing business it's no different than buying direct mail but you're you're putting her in, a, in her, the best position to be in control of this you're still going to have a damn mess on your hands but what i would recommend is is let the attorney know the backstory and what they may do is just appoint a public administrator directly mm-hmm. in the will that's your best chance of this mm-hmm. not blowing up into something super dramatic and and drawn out okay okay but that that's something like the at the level i want to serve i would just that would be my cost it would be my service to her because if, if if her kids are that broke and she's had that many medical bills chances are she's going to use price as an excuse not to do it so i'm just going to remove that 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 excuse and I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that when the public administrator is appointed, you know, when, when there, a death occurs, I'm going to make sure that they get a, a fair warning from me of why the will was done that way and what they probably need to navigate. And if there's any way I can help, please let me know. Okay. Thank you. And then when it comes time to list to kick, kick the, the one who didn't fly the nest, um, when it comes time for her to find suitable living, I would refer her to a probate advance company in the in one of the the areas of the new EPM membership is a vendor hub um, with probate cash. You can actually refer them to them and get a thousand dollar commission back. So you can actually pay your legal fees for establishing the will. So it's value all the way around. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. And the thing is, like, when you have kids that, that are behaving that way, it's easy to think, you know, you ought to be out on your ass, you damn mooch. But reality is none of us, none of us will get where we really need to be by kicking people out on their ass. So always try to take the high road. And regardless of, of what they've done with their life, what poor decisions they've made, always try to get them into more suitable housing and show them how it's in their best interest to move on to something better. Because the alternative is the sheriff isn't going to be as generous as we are. You will be out mm-hmm. on your ass and you and your 26 year old daughter will be living in an extended stay hotel. Exactly. So take the money and do what's best for your family. Or like, again, there's a stick and there's a carrot, pick one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the probate advance can give her a, a really, you know, you can generously extend a carrot to her, even if there's no liquidity in the estate whatsoever, that gets her out of the house. That reimburses you for the legal fees you've already paid for. Right. And then you can help either. You can either buy the house or list the house. Okay. Okay. How's that for transaction engineering? (laughs) All right. We're at the top of the hour. Let me see. Jada had a question about domain names. Let's hear it. Okay. So um, I am like really getting focused on this probate market. I really have no choice because I'm going through to right now personally. So my uncle passed away in January of last year. My dad was his executor. Then five months later, my dad got sick and passed away. And so now I am both of their um, executors, beneficiaries, all the fun things. So I've got houses in Denver and uh, New Mexico and in Houston. I've got to clean out two of those, but my question is like, because this is like my market, it's going to be my niche, like a hundred percent, like I'm in. Um, so initially I was going to do senior living home solutions initially. Um, and then like, 
because I was going to help downsize seniors, get them to where they were going, and then help them with the house. That was my thought. But then as it's gone by and as I've transitioned through what I have to transition through, and now that I'm like overwhelmed with downsizing these two guys <laughs> and the amount of stuff that I have, I don't want to downsize anybody. I don't even want to like put that in my marketing at all. Like I'm, I'm done with that. I'm done downsizing. I don't want to do that again. I'll challenge um, you on that. Like it is a valuable what? part of your offer. Just make sure you have okay. partners to delegate it to. Don't yes. do it yourself. But I agree. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, so now my thought is I want to move forward with assets, estate, and probate being the domain name. So um, what are your thoughts on that? It sounds, there's no emotion to it. There's no verb in it. Um okay. I, I, it sounds more like an attorney domain. Um, okay. I, what, what market are you in? Houston. Houston. So, uh, trying to think, no, Colette Myers is, is, uh, had a really good, she, she uses Colette sells Houston.com and okay. she's done, she's done incredibly well as a CPE in that market. Um, I haven't talked to her in quite a while, but, you might consider it Houston Family Transitions, Houston Life Transitions, uh, Houston Houston Life Services. Uh, uh, Terry recommended Houston Family Resources. Um, oh. Try to something that would elicit emotion. Also, think about how does it sound as a Facebook group name, and oh, okay. how how searchable is it? Because a lot of what I've like what I teach in the Earn Course is inbound strategy, right? And if you want right. to extend, if you want to extend this to what everyone calls pre-probate, you know, pre-probate is it, it's just Social Security death file leads. The the funeral home has an obligation to update a database, and then people buy that and they act like it's valuable. It's not a prospecting list; it's an inbound marketing list. If you can build a, an offer that those people can come discover on their own accord, then they can be very valuable leads but it's not a prospecting list in my opinion. So think about that. What is a name that someone might search on Facebook or YouTube or Google to find me, to find this brand? So if it's, you know, Houston, Houston estate help or, you know, Houston family help or anything, but chances are you're going to do more. You'll have more, you know, people will find you because of keywords and things more than the brand. It's not critical. It has to be a search term. Just things right. you can consider. The other thing is, you know, how big will it get? Like, even if you don't like on the end of life planning, what if what if you have a staff member that does one day? What if you have a division that handles that? So right. when I look at this, I, I own chadcorbett.com because I didn't want anyone else to own it. But I think it's a terrible domain because if I'm really creating a valuable business asset that's part of my legacy, it needs to be, I need to be able to pass it on, right? So right. if you're creating a buildable, a sellable business asset, it shouldn't be your name or anything super specific about your service, something that someone else would purchase from you. That's kind of the, those are all the considerations when I look at, at purchasing a domain or coaching somebody on branding. One of one of the workshops that we'll do this year in, in the EPM group is on this, like on establishing uh, establishing a brand as one workshop using using uh, Facebook 
using Facebook groups to attract sensitive lead types is another workshop that we have. And these will probably end up being two hour classes. We're not going to get it done in an hour, but I'll literally show you how to set up the group, get your brand into it, do the outreach so you can and do some of the SEO. So you'll start to bring these people in. So anyways, keep those things in mind, like make That's it, really broad, make it. Okay, broad. So I have question. Um, okay. So real quick on that one, Remember how I said I have senior living home solutions yep. and that just, for me, it just stuck. But what about Houston living home solutions? What about Houston family home solutions? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll check it. <laughs> Anyways, I like, if, just be like me just buy like 40 of them and then you can just change it pick one like uh, all right uh yeah so vince had suggested loaning loaning money to that that one scenario short term be very careful with that make sure your loan is secured in some way i would use a probate advance company they take professional risks um yeah, and Steve Carney had also suggested the probate advance. All right, well, we got a clear cue, guys. I am going to jump off. Um, look forward to seeing you guys. You guys look forward to seeing more of me. I'm going to be hopefully be more participate in a lot more. David, I know you were going to host this, and I've sat here and taken up all your space. But next week, uh, David gets to host his first call. I'll stay the hell out of his way. Um, he'll be doing the first like real estate investing specific co uh, group coaching call. So very similar to this format, just done inside the community. Um, so if you have questions about how he got into the investing side, having came from predominantly brokerage services, be ready with those questions and, uh, and give give him a challenge next week. It's his first time in the hot seat. And I feel like I'm on a little bit of an island now because I'm so far right on the investment stuff. Yeah. And I, I encourage everybody to do it because it's changed my world. It's changed everything the way we think about stuff. Yeah. And in the in the opportunities that are in front of us. He has so much yeah. free time, these babies keep showing up in his house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do. It's great now. I made some notes just in case I was going to talk a little bit. And it's just, it's like, you know, what on the, on the ending note of this call of probates offered, what it's, what's created for us is, is, is we've always went on really cool vacations, but it was just when I'm on vacation, I don't have to worry about getting back and prospecting or getting back to a schedule that, um, that is kind of a slave to, but don't get away from that in the beginning. Um, we live in downtown Fort Worth. It's a dream location for both of us. Um, and we have our dream house. Uh, I'm sitting in a house that was built in 1909. And we've remodeled it from the ground up through the money that I've made through wholesaling and probate. Uh, Luke starts private school and uh, in two months, private school, 1500 bucks a month. You know, that's amazing because I never, I, I really didn't know how to read or I just memorized things until I was fifth grade. So when I could put my two-year-old, three-year-old into private school to get far more advanced than I ever was when I was a kid, that's exciting. 
And then uh, we run our business based on capital now, not really on manpower or my manpower. I still love to prospect because you never know who you're going to talk to. But we get to watch the numbers and run things by capital. And then, um, yeah, I still prospect. I still want to meet people every day. But I'm not only doing pros uh, probate, I'm doing everything else to get the same kind of criteria house and distressed because there's so many opportunities out there. So that's basically what I was going to say. Well, thanks for that, guys. If you don't get inspired by this guy and his story, I don't know what the hell will ever inspire you. Um, I, I I largely use David's story and, you know, I've had the privilege of watching him grow into, into the end of this. Um, I used a lot of that as fuel to really lay out the, the estate professionals um, career and lifestyle and career design course, because I've seen just how profound it can be. And David and so many other people like uh, it's, it's yeah. really cool to see. I mean, we've had guys in their, their mid twenties go from never doing a deal to over a million bucks. And we need to capture more of those stories. We need to be highlighting these guys. There's another section of the membership called Magnum Opus Moments. These are our TED Talks. So David will have one. You'll hear it. I think David, Bill, and I have already gotten ours done. So you got homework, buddy. Um, but it's it's just for you guys to kind of hear what we want to teach you more than anything. Like what, what what makes it fun and easy for us? And not ever to, to say, look at us, look where we got. But more like you can do this. Here's a rope. And that's what this whole thing's about, like letting, like getting that same result for everybody. So Dave, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being here. And uh, guys, this is going to be a hell of a fun year. I uh, Yeah. And one last you. thing is someone asked me who's on my team now. And if you watch my old videos, we were hiring like a frenzy, trying to get people on the phone and figure the business out. And we run this whole thing now. I'm not trying to do a hundred homes a year now or 150 homes a year now. I'm happy I can make the same money selling 30 houses as buying them, investing in. Uh, I have two VAs and two mail clerks. That's it. And Liz's help. And that's it. It's all based on capital and returns now. Amazing. He's living it, guys. Work less, earn more, do good. That's what we're all about. Let's figure out how to do that for all you guys. Have a good day. We'll see you guys tomorrow.